With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about axonics therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control. It gave me my life back. Axonics therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Welcome to episode number 99 of the MLB Daily Podcast. I am Brandon Karam. Alongside me is L.J. LaFiora, who is a writer for Belly Up Sports. We are a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. We are what they aren't, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. Uh, L.J., how are we doing? And also now that we both just realized uh when we go to the game tomorrow that will be our 100th episode yes very excited for that had a very very exciting weekend so far looking to make it even more exciting tomorrow but it's been pretty pretty darn good busy weekend too i've put out a lot of i've done a lot of uh content this weekend seen a lot of games a lot of important stuff going on so it's been great well let's get into this full slate of games today starting with the Mets and the Padres and this one would get uh the scoring would open up in the top of the fifth 
when Jose Peraza goes yard and then Francisco Lindor follows him, the Mets take a 2 nothing lead. Top six, Jonathan VR, RBI single to make it 3 nothing, And then top nine, Kevin Pilar uh, with his own RBI single to make it 4 to nothing. The Mets win by that score. The big story in this one, Jacob DeGrom gets the win. Seven innings, three hits, no earned, 11 strikeouts. Lowers the season ERA to 0.62. The loss to Joe Musgrove, now four and five on the year. Five innings, eight hits, three runs, 10 Ks. Uh, His season ERA is now 2.33. LJ, you know, this is certainly a very impressive Jacob DeGrom start by shutting down the Padres, but We've seen him shut down so many teams now year after year that it's not as special every time. It, yes, while you are right with that, the work that he is putting in out there is absolutely incredible. So, like, the process of watching it doesn't seem like – I mean, I guess you could say it doesn't seem as great. But then when you put – when you when you are thinking about all of the numbers and putting those in, into perspective – and then watching the guy, it's it's astounding. Um, I was going to save this for later on, but this is quite possibly the best player that either of us will have ever pitcher that we'll have ever watched and understood who we were watching. Like, like don't get me wrong, Kershaw is still probably the best pitcher of this century. I don't, I'm not willing to give Degrom that yet. However, like. DeGrom peaking when he has in our older time, we truly understand how sick the stuff we're watching right now is. In um, Within their first nine starts, let's look at this. You've got Jacob DeGrom here. Did you say 0.63 ERA? He is now down to 0. 0.62. 0. 0.62, I'm sorry. So 0. 0.62 ERA through nine starts. The greatest pitching season of all time, 2000 Pedro Martinez. He was at a 1.17 through nine starts. Now, while that is very impressive, I think that Pedro's is more impressive when you think about the time that Pedro was playing in where offenses were just absolutely juiced up. I mean, the the mid-2000s. Figuratively and literally. Look at... LJ, if you were to look at the top five pitchers ERA at any given point during the 2000 season, I mean, I would guarantee you that one of the guys in that top five has an ERA that's either north of four or is very close to four. I mean, the offenses back in at the turn of the century were just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's basically what saved baseball after the strike, remember. So uh, I think Pedro's season is more impressive. Uh, it is the most impressive pitching season other than a Bob Gibson's 1968 season, the year of the pitcher. But um, yeah, no, I would, I would still give it to Pedro over Gibson. However, that's beside the point of the fact of just how sick what we're watching right now is mm, like, yeah. the fact, the, the fact alone that we are, we are looking at this and likening Jacob deGrom to the greatest pitching season of all time is astounding to me. And 
like I just I am doing everything in my power to make sure I don't underappreciate what I'm watching every time I watch Jacob Degrom pitch, because he's not like that. He's he's a little bit quieter. He's not like the Trevor Bauer who's going to be all flashy and juiced up every single time he goes out there. But his stuff is somehow more electric, even though like if you're not like play actually paying attention, like closely watching him, you're not going to really like see it because he's not going to. He doesn't invite fanfare in the way that he plays. However, he's got the best stuff in the league and is one of my favorite players he's quickly becoming. I'm just so wrapped up in this season already, Brandon. It's not funny. And um, another thing I just found out that tonight, which is really a huge key to his success, is being able to go deep into games. That's what's given him such a great year. And part of that is becoming the anti-Tampa Bay Ray pitcher and having success after the third time through the order. Mm. Hitters are two for 41 for, for against him this year when it's the third time in the order or later. So third or fourth time through the lineup, hitters are two for 41. That's not bad. That's okay, right? Yeah, like I'm especially... Yeah, no, he's, he's completely going against the conventions of the tampa bay a bullpen logic which is you know you know you should just about everybody else in the league you know gets worse once they've seen them twice but no this guy apparently it's not like it's just like a small drop off like like most of these guys are so bad the third time through the order that like they're forced to get taken out this this man's astounding like and it's like you can't even say, I mean, I know he was hurt, but that's nine starts. That's um, 70-something innings. That's a very good sample size. That's almost half a season for a starter. Yeah. Like, reasonably, you're going to go 200. 200 is a very good depth-wise for a starter these days. So let's call this a third of a season is plenty sample size to tell how good a guy is. Two for, for a 41, a third of the way through his season it's amazing yeah uh only thing more amazing is two losses yeah i was just about to mention that he's four and two now or well he's he's five and two now with the win tonight so uh at least he's you know gonna attempt to not end up at 500 with the win-loss record but could very well end up doing it the Mets uh, did give him some nice offensive support tonight 13 hits but only four runs. But uh, I mean, would the Mets have a pitcher this good? I mean, reasonably, there's there's no reason why they shouldn't be at the top of the NL East for the rest of the season when they're pitching like this, and if they can just squeak their way by with the offense. I mean, when when you have this guy on the mound every five days, it's it's really a blessing for the team. And yes, the the Yankees have Garrett Cole and. While he has been absolutely great uh, during most of the starts this year, the the Yankees have not won a lot of his starts. And it sucks to know that we have this guy who we're paying a lot of money and we can't win when he starts. But it's been been an up and down year for, for me and Garrett Cole, the way that I approach him. But, yeah, I... Can't be mad. This is a topic about Jacob DeGrom. We're appreciating how good he is, and I think we've done a solid job doing that. He is 
so good that we almost don't talk about him as much as we should because he's just too good. He just he's just doing stuff so often that we're not used to it. All right. Well, actually, Garrett Cole is a very nice segue into this next game we've got here. Red Sox Yankees game two in the Bronx is coming right at you here. Scoring starts in the bottom of the fourth with a Glaber Torres home run, his third of the season to put the Yankees up to nothing. In the top of the sixth, the Red Sox get going with runners on two runners on base. Raphael Devers hits a sharp grounder into right field. This scores both of them ties up the game and Marwin Gonzalez hits a double to make this a 3-2 Red Sox lead. In the bottom of the sixth, the Yankees would manage to tie this up with another RBI by Glaber Torres. This one a sack fly, which makes this a 3-3 ball game. But in the top of the eighth, Chad Green comes in and it all it all went sour and it went sour fast. Rafael Devers gets on to start the inning, and then Kike Hernandez rips a double into left field. This one scores one, give them the lead. Then a, then Christian Vasquez manages to get a double out of a squeaker down the right field line. The Moon Man getting that nice sing, nice should have been should have been an a, a um, out if he was guarding the line, but. He was not, so he ends up getting a double out of this. And then with, of course, now two runners on in a 5-3 game, we get Bobby Bronx Dahlbeck, who hits a piss missile to center field. Brandon, this piss missile extended farther than the British Empire. 453 feet. Two runs gives Boston a seven to three lead, which they hold on to to win at that same score. Bobby Bronx, of course, is the player of the game in my eyes with this 467 foot home run. The win will be given to Garrett Whitlock, former Yankee and Rule Five pick by the Boston Red Sox. The Yankees spit in his face, told him he was no good. And he comes back and shows them with one and two-thirds of an inning, one hit, no earned runs, and two strikeouts out of the bullpen. Eduardo Rodriguez got the start. He went five and a third, allowing three earned runs and seven strikeouts. The loss will be given to Chad Green. He goes with two-thirds of an inning, allowing four earned runs, with Jamison Tyone starting this game, going five and a third as well, three earned. And the save, of course, will go to Matt Barnes, his 14th of the year. And now with the Yankees sitting at 31 and 28, you got to imagine that they might be a little Chad Green with envy looking at the Red Sox being able to win in the Bronx, especially when they've got 492 feet foot home runs being hit by Bobby Dahlbeck. I, you know, all right, I got a couple things to say here. And honestly, I'm going to make it quick because I'm tired of saying the same stuff every day. And quite frankly, I'm sure people on the show would rather hear us talk about other teams and just the Yankees and the Red Sox. But um, 
Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't expecting the Yankees to win heading into this one. Uh, not conf, not very confident with Tyone on the mound. Puts in a good start. Uh, he allows that double to Xander Bogarts in the fifth inning that, according to StatCast, had a 95% catch probability. Or, excuse me, the sixth inning. Uh, yeah, apparently 95% chance that it's caught. And, of course, it turns into a double. Uh, thank you, Andujar, playing left field. Uh, but it's just... Mastermind, according to our conversation earlier. No, it's just, you know, the offense can't do anything. Uh LJ and I figured out that four runs is all Boston needed tonight as the the Red Sox haven't lost a game where they've scored four runs or more, and the Yankees haven't won a game where their opponent has scored five runs or more. So it was perfect. Once you guys got past four, once Chad Green completely sold the game and said, here, Boston, I know that we're struggling right now and we desperately need a win, but I'm going to give my worst outing of the entire season and blow the game and we're going to lose uh, and then we're going to have to burn wandy for uh, a, a batter and then you know I, I if there was one thing that i could say is a positive of course glaber home run like awesome to see him take erod deep uh and then uh, keeping us in the game with the sack fly lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details but you know they the yankees forced the red sox to use matt barnes for the second day in a row here uh Brandon Workman could not get the last out, no matter how hard he tried. Yeah, I'll say, I think, I, I, I should say, I don't think that it was as much the Yankees forcing Matt Barnes to be used as much as Brandon Workman forcing Matt Barnes to yeah, be used. Yeah, I bet you that Matt Barnes had some choice words for Brandon Workman after the game tonight. I can name about four different pitchers that probably would have had a better chance of finishing that inning cleaner than him with that being said Barnes yeah he only threw five pitches so I can barely count this as an outing he also pitched yesterday though so there's potential that he won't be able to pitch uh he can go tomorrow do you guys usually pitch guys three days in a row is that is that a I mean it's not Cora isn't like hard to any rules really oh okay because Boone it's like I think in the last three years, he's only used a pitcher three times in a row, like six, six different or three days in a row, like six different times. Because and it's also that rule is very arbitrary because like this is the perfect scenario. Five pitches is nothing. Yeah. Like. And and like you so like from from that standpoint, he probably threw more pitches warming up than he did in the actual game. So by yeah. that log by that logic, are you going to make it make your management strategy that if a guy warms up two days in a row, he can't go at all the third day? No. So in this in this situation, you feel totally comfortable about Matt Barnes not being gassed tomorrow. If needed, I would suspect he will be out there tomorrow. But the question is, will they need him? 
Um, but I do have to ask my one question about the lineup tonight. My one question tonight. Who the hell is Chris Gittens? LJ, Chris Gittens is the 2021 Yankees savior. Uh, the Yankees realized that Mike Ford is not a viable option at first base. They realized that Chris Gittens, so far in AAA this year, uh, through 18 games, has a 486 on base percentage, a 585 slugging percentage, which is good for a 1.07 OPS. Uh, four home runs, 11 RBIs up until this point. And the Yankees said, you know, it can't be as bad as Mike Ford at first base. So why not? So we call up the 27-year-old kid, makes his MLB debut tonight, uh, wasn't unable to watch really any of his at-bats. LJ and I were watching our local high school senior night game. Uh, so we were both out for most of this game so I think it's fair that we don't talk about it a lot as we did not have a very good feel for the first really the whole game I mean well no I I, I got a very nice look at the one ending that really mattered <laughs> I got to to listen to the absolute breakdown on the radio so uh yeah that was not a fun drive back but yeah Chris Chris Gittins hopefully he can bring a little spark towards the bottom of the lineup Yankees need production out of their first base and center field spots, and hopefully they can get it soon. Hope they just need some kind of offense. I mean, this is a team that I think in 30 out of the – some uh, we've scored three runs, like less than three runs, like 33 times or something this year. Yeah, the Yankees have scored three runs or fewer 33 times this season. That's tied with the Pirates for the most in the MLB. Uh, that's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, that, yeah, first base is just not a good situation there. I mean, ideally, you'd like to have somebody like Bobby Dahlbeck who can hit 512-foot piss missiles on command in Yankee Stadium, but it's just not there for you. You will instead have to sit here, Chad Green with envy at the Red Sox, as they're only a game out of first place. Well, uh Let's get on to a better topic and talk about the Reds and the Cardinals. Uh, these teams would exchange runs early with a Nolan Arenado RBI single and a Jonathan India home run. And the top of the fourth thought, they would exchange runs once again. This time it was the Reds striking first, Tucker Barnhart RBI single to make it two to one. And then Arenado would tie it up uh, on a single of his own to make it two two. Top six, Eugenio Suarez gives the Reds a two-run lead with uh, his own two-run home run to make it four to two. And then this next inning, the Reds score on a wild pitch by Genesis Cabrera. The Reds go on to win five to two. Tyler Molly, seven innings, five hits, two earned, eight strikeouts, now five and two on the year. Same record as Jacob DeGrom, but is not Jacob DeGrom last time I checked. Uh, you can give the loss to Ryan Helsley out of the St. Louis bullpen, inning in a third, two runs. Uh, Johan Oviedo, who had the start for the Cardinals, four innings, three hits, uh, two earned, four strikeouts. Lucas Sims with his fifth save on the year. 
All right, let's move into this Detroit Tigers-Chicago White Sox game here. Bottom of the first, and Nick Magical gets an RBI to lead off scoring for the Chicago White Sox. Then in the top of the second and the top of the fourth, Eric Haas sends his third and – or I'm sorry, oh, his sixth and seventh home runs of the season out of the ballpark in a very impressive manner. And all of a sudden, we've got a 3-1 Detroit ball game. Miggy Cabrera says, let's get Miggy with it, and sends another ball out to make this a 4-1 game. Bottom of the sixth, Jake Lamb, we tried to start a rally with two RBIs, but overall, they were unsuccessful, and the Tigers beat the White Sox 4-3. to three. Give the win to Tariq Skubal. He went five innings long, one earned run and 11 strikeouts. The loss goes to Lucas Giolito. He went seven innings, allowing four earned runs and nine strikeouts. And we will give the save to Jose Cisnero. This will be his first on the year. And that's about all she wrote with this one. All right, uh, on to the next game. Certainly uh, one of the more exciting games of the day, the Pirates and the Marlins. Adam Frazier, potential all-star all -star starter, if I could talk, Adam Frazier. Uh, he leads the game off, or in the bottom of the second at least, with a two-RBI single, puts the Pirates up 2-0 after uh, two innings. The Marlins go on to score five unanswered off of three home runs. Jesus Aguilar, Jazz Chisholm, Jorge Alfaro with a three-run piece. And it's five to two after five innings. The Marlins take the lead. The Marlins then have an epic collapse here in the eighth inning where they walk Kevin Newman to score a run. They then hit Kaya Tom to score another run. And now Pittsburgh is within one. Then they make an error in the field. And the Pirates take a six to five lead. They score two runs off the, an error by the pitcher, Anthony Bender. And the Sounds Pirates like a fender a, bender. It, it was a fender bender. The Pirates take a six five lead. But LJ, the savior himself, Jesus Aguilar, steps up. He said, I already had to hit a homer today. Now I need to hit the game-tying hit in the top of the ninth, and he does it. RBI single, we're tied at six. He's just that good. He is just that good. And then we go to extras, top 10. Ison Diaz scores the little Manfred ball, sack fly. They're looking good. Oh, no, bottom 10. Gregory Polanco does the same thing for the Pirates. Two Manfred ball, sack flies. A scoreless 11th, and we're going to the 12th, still tied at seven. Jacob Stallings, bottom of the 12th, RBI single, walk-off, whatever you want to call it. The Pirates win 8-7 to seven and win a wild one in 12 innings. You can give the win to Clay Holmes out of the Pittsburgh bullpen. Their starter, Chase DeYoung, five innings, seven hits, five earned, five Ks. Adam Simber takes the loss. For the Marlins, uh, Trevor Rogers got the start. Six innings, four hits, two earned, five strikeouts. His season ERA is now 
All right, let's go into now the Blue Jays and the Astros here. Scoring started with some control issues for Ross Stripling here in the top of the fourth as he ends up walking in a run here and makes a, a one nothing Houston lead. But then from there, you get a fourth and fifth inning rally from the Toronto Blue Jays who get home runs by Joe Panic and Vladdy Guerrero Jr., his 18th on the year, during this stretch and come out of it leading 6-1. to one. Miles Straw was able to drive in one more run late. However, the Astros ultimately fall to the Toronto Blue Jays 6-2. to two. Give the win to Ross Stripling. He went five innings, allowing one earned run and four strikeouts. The loss will be given to Jose Urquidy. He went four and a third, allowing six earned runs and five strikeouts. All right, on to the Nationals and the Phillies. Washington scores first on a fielder's choice in the top of the third to take a one-nothing lead until the Phillies put up a four spot in the bottom of the fourth. Reese Hoskins uh, RBI single to tie it up at one, and then Andrew McCutcheon three-run shot gives the Phillies a four-to-one lead, his tenth home run of the year. Top eight, Josh Bell goes yard to pull the Nats within two, but Bryce Harper has other plans. He delivers an RBI single in the bottom of the eighth, gives the Phillies a 5-2 lead, and they go on to win by that score. Give the win to Ranger Suarez, three innings in relief, no hits, no runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. You can give the loss to Joe Ross, the national starter, six innings, three hits, no earned runs, four Ks, uh, but he's now two and six on the year. Connor Brogdon with his first save as a, uh, with the Phillies this year. All right, let's now go to the Indians and the Orioles here. Top of the first, Cesar Hernandez and Harold Ramirez both go yard, making this a 2-0 Cleveland game. Freddie Galvis hits an RBI single for Baltimore, which sets up a top of the third which sees RBIs from Harold Ramirez and Eddie Rosario before Yu Chang goes bang, bang, and shoots a ball out to the center field, scoring three runs and making this a 7-1 ball game in favor of Cleveland. They hold on to win this one 10-4. Give the win to Aaron Savalli. He went six innings, allowing four earned runs and four strikeouts. The loss goes to John Means. He went uh, two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs. And, yeah, that was a little surprising to see there. But he will leave this game after throwing 29 pitches. Yeah, very strange. We'll have to keep an update on that, uh, especially tomorrow, see exactly what's going on with him. But, uh, LJ, we are on to the uh, Brewers and the Diamondbacks and uh, – and in the quick check I just did, I would say this is the laser show of the day. And it would get started. Top one, Josh Rojas leads off the game with a home run, gives Arizona a one nothing lead, his sixth of the year. In the fourth, Josh Reddick, his own teammate, extends the lead on a double. Uh, it's 2 nothing Arizona. 
bottom four. The Brewers score three runs to take the lead. They get one on a passed ball, two on a Tyrone Taylor single. Then the home runs start to pile in. Bottom six, Willie Adamas two-run shots make it a 5-2 Milwaukee lead. The Diamondbacks get on get in on the action. Josh Rojas goes yard again, pulls, pulls them within two. And then Eduardo Escobar, 14th of the year, two-run bomb, and we're tied at five. In the bottom of the eighth, Christian Yelich come through. Big home run, uh, his third of the year to give the Brewers a, a six to five lead. Omar Narvaez would then homer to give them a seven five lead. And that's your final. The Brewers win seven to five. Brandon Woodruff got the start. Uh, five innings, six hits, two earned, nine Ks. The win went to Devin Williams out of the bullpen. And uh, Joaquin Soria takes the loss for Arizona. Their starter, uh, Merrill Kelly, six innings. Uh, six hits, four earned, and four strikeouts. Back on to Brandon Woodruff. He now uh, has a season ERA of 1.42. Uh, dominant so far. Oh, and Josh Hader with his 14th save on the year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Let's move into this Rays Rangers game. And in this game, we only had two scoring plays. The first came in the top of the first with the Austin Meadows two RBI single that drove in Yandy Diaz and Manuel Mingo. And then Manny Margot would score yet another run, this one on a solo homer, his fifth on the year in the top of the eighth. The Rays take care of the Rangers in a five to four hit game with a 3 nothing win. Give the win to Rich over the hill. He went five innings, allowing no earned runs and three strikeouts. The loss will go to Colby Allard. He went five innings, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The save will be given to Diego Castillo, his ninth of the year. Now, Brandon, we were talking about this earlier. I think Rich Hill has a very, very real chance to get named the starter of the All-Star game this year. I'm all here for it. I mean, it would be it would be interesting because while he's certainly not considered a star in the league, what he's been doing this year is impressive. However, LG, I do think that there is a couple better options uh, in the American League in terms of just if we're going straight up, I mean, Hill, Hill still has an ERA over three. 
So yes, but you have to also project this out. The all-star pitching pitching isn't going to get decided until the beginning of July, which means he has just come off of a May with a 0.74 ERA. You then go into this one, five innings shutout. If he keeps up at somewhere near this pace, his numbers are going to at the very least rival the guys that you're going to talk about here, including where's Lance Lynn's ERA now? Honestly, I don't actually. Oh, he's at 1.23. Oh, I thought it was low twos. Okay. Oh, no, he's been, um, been killing it. No, he has been killing it. All right, so he's he's he is the favorite going into this. However, again, if he he's falls on the radar, back, Rich Hill certainly on the radar. I'm not Rich, I'm not counting him out. Rich Hill is pacing to to make this team. Oh, he's going to make the team. I'm not he will make the team. However, I, but I think there is a legitimate chance here. Again, let's hypothetically say Lance Lynn falls back to the pack a little bit here, which, I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's, he's, due, he's due for it at some point along the line. This isn't a one, two, three guy. His entire career he hasn't been close to that. He actually, I didn't realize it hasn't had all right he has one one year career year under a three era back in 2014 so he's just Hmm? i said he's just a consistently average pitcher he's just yeah and i wouldn't even call him average i would call him slightly above average he's a consistently good pitcher but he's not like a great pitcher he's not like a a superstar so I could certainly see him falling back to the pack in June and Rich Hill staying hot. And all of a sudden you've got a really tough choice to make. Yeah. I believe me rich over the hill on the hill in Atlanta. It's the, the managers that pick. Yes. Or the two. Yeah. They pick who the starting pitchers and I think, the entire bench right like the only thing that is a fan vote is the starters well yeah the starters are fan vote the bench is the bench and pitching is a mix of um it's a mix of i think like player vote manager front office vote and such like that like so 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 it's not the sole discretion of the pitchers the managers, however, the starter is at the sole discretion of the manager. Do we yeah. know who is managing the game? Uh, I would assume. How did I get here? I would assume Dave, Dave Roberts, and Kevin Cash. It's usually the two World Series managers. Yeah, so Rich Hill will get the start if it's anywhere close. Yeah, I mean, it's his guy. It's his guy. I don't know how many names in the American League you can skip over until you get to him. I mean. Yes, I yes, you could go Lance Lynn. You can't forget about Garrett Cole. Can't forget about yeah, yeah, but yeah, but Garrett Cole's gonna not gonna have an, another quality start in his career without Pintar. So let's or, see sorry, how a lot of these Cole. guys fare without the Pintar in in a couple of months. When it's the gonna suck. They're up. gonna ruin the product by making them not not allowed to cheat. Well, they already ruined the ball twice, and they cheating legal it. again. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> on to the Cubs and the Giants. 
the Cubs take a 2-0 lead in the top of the second thanks to a Patrick Wisdom home run. This guy is very, very smart and turning into one of my favorite players in the league because well, hitting it all the way out is a very intelligent thing to do because then you don't have any competition like you don't have to worry about an outfielder getting the ball and recording it out on a on it being in the air if you can get it all the way past them and past a wall they can't get through well you know and it's not only that but lj this guy patrick wisdom uh in this 2021 season he absolutely rakes Five home runs in 12 games. He had a 275 OPS plus heading into tonight. Who knows what's going to be afterwards. But two-run home run gives the Cubs that lead early in the second. In the bottom of the third, Alex Dickerson goes yard for his sixth homer of the year. And the Giants pull within one run. Bottom four, Chadwick Trump. Amazing name. RBI single to right field ties the game. Lamonte Wade then with an RBI single of his own, make it three to two San Francisco. Brandon Crawford adds on an RBI double late to make it four, two. And the giants go on to win four, three, the Cubs get a run in the ninth on an error, but the giants can hold on. Kevin Gaussman improves to a perfect seven and oh, seven innings, two hits, Two runs, but both unearned, so he gets no earned runs on the night. No walks and 10 strikeouts. Season ERA now down to 1.27. The loss to Colton Stewart, or Cole Stewart, excuse me, on the Cubs. Three and two-thirds, seven hits, three earned, two walks, five Ks. And uh, Tyler Rogers picks up his eighth save on the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is kind of, again, the trend is still playing out, so I don't want to jinx it today with today's matchups and everything. However, this is like the dream scenario for San Francisco, isn't it? I mean, this was a big win for them today. Yeah. This was a huge win because they're coming out here playing the Cubs, who, granted, are playing very well, are seeming to be a legitimate team. However, they're certainly not like a contender. Mm. And so you've got three legitimate contenders in the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers all playing really, really good teams in the Braves, Mets, and Cubs. And the only one that that is consistently winning here are the Giants in this stretch. Yeah, uh... Absolutely. Uh, this, this is a really high leverage, high momentum place for San Francisco to be something that they could put themselves back out to a decent division lead here going into the middle of the month. Again, I don't actually know what their schedule is looking right, like right now. So I'm not sure when they start playing the Dodgers and the Padres again. Hopefully it's not another ridiculous run like they had in May where they had to play both of them four weekends in a row. But Overall, they're putting themselves in a very good position. They do not play. They play the Dodgers the last week, 28th, 29th of the month. So that is the next time that they have to play a division, a good division opponent. So they have, they have, they have, some, they have a chance here to go on a nice run and put some distance in. 
All right. Uh, LJ, is it you with the Twins and the Royals? Yes, it is. The Kansas City Royals scored four runs in this game, including two off of an Andrew Benintendi home run, his sixth on the year. But this wouldn't stop the Minnesota Twins from putting up a five-piece, all of which were scored on home runs. First, you had Ryan Jeffers sending a two-run piece out left field in the second. Then in the third, Kyle Gerlich hit his fifth home run of the year to left center. And then in the top of the sixth, Miguel Sano hit his 11th home run of the year, also scoring Nelson Cruz, which put them ahead five to four. Give the win to Jose Barrios, another man that I'm adding to my petition to get out of Minnesota. He gets the win. He went six innings, allowing four earned runs. The loss goes to Mike Miner. He went seven innings, allowing five earned runs and five strikeouts. And the save will be Hansel Robles's during his one-inning outing. All right, well, let's get on to this Braves and a Dodgers matchup that uh, we were just talking a little bit about. Uh, and the Dodgers score in the first inning uh, on a throwing error by Charlie Morton on a pickoff attempt. Uh, and that allows uh, Mookie Betts to come all the way around and score one of four Braves errors in this game. Bottom of the third, the Braves uh are able to, to tie the game up and then take the lead by putting up a five spot in the inning. It all got started with a Freddie Freeman RBI single, and then they get RBI doubles from Ozzie Albies and Dansby Swanson. The Braves have a five to one lead after three innings. Top four though, the Dodgers, they say, you know, we can put up some offense. Matt Beattie, the RBI man uh, with a RBI single. Zach McKinstry hits into a double play and that scores a run. And then uh, the Dodgers are able to score on a Dansby Swanson throwing error uh, and they pull within one. So it's five, four after four innings, the Braves still in the lead. We're scoreless through the, the middle part of the game. We get to the bottom of the seventh, Abraham Almonte first home run of the year for Atlanta. And it's a big one gives them a two run lead now to lead 6-4, and they go on to win by that score. Your final, Braves 6, Dodgers 4. The win to Charlie Morton, now 5-2 and two on the year. Five hits, or five innings, four hits. Two earned, five strikeouts. The loss to Clayton Kershaw, now 7-5. and five. Six innings, eight hits, five earned, nine strikeouts. And Will Smith picks up his 10th save on the season. Let's turn this on over to the Angels and the Mariners. A very decisive win here for the Angels. A little bit of a spoiler alert here. They got home runs from Shohei Otani, his number 16 on the year, Max Stassi in the fourth, and then Taylor Ward in the sixth to help them out to a 12-5 to victory on 15 hits. Give the win to Alex Cobb, who is now 4-2 and two on the year. He went seven innings, allowing five earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Stecken Ryder here in a relief outing where he allowed two runs. Yusei Kikuchi got the start. He went four innings, allowing two earned runs and eight strikeouts. 
Can't believe you didn't give any love to our guy, Tony Rendon. He had a couple big hits in this game, didn't he? You know, Tony Tony had a couple big hits here. But, you know, when the story of the game is the long ball, you got to get in it, kid. You got to want it. You got to make your name known, especially when you're going to choose specifically to leave the East Coast, leave your mama, leave your papa, leave your Uncle Gino. And all of a sudden, you go out to the West Coast, where a large portion of the the baseball audience isn't going to be able to have great access to you. So, you know, you really got to do special things, get in on this home run party that they seem to have early on in this game. You have to do that, and you have to you show up. That's how you get on the highlight reels. That's how you get noticed. It took him so long to get noticed in Washington, and now he's kind of putzing around now over in L.A. sometimes, it feels like. I mean, two for four is great, but, you know, you got you to gotta have a higher – OPS than 646. You got to be able to hit that long ball when you need to. It, you you got to step up, Tony. Man. Yeah. In 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 all seriousness, for as as much as we like Anthony Rendon, uh, he's been struggling this year. Like you just said, 646 OPS. Uh, which LJ since two since the 2017 season, he hasn't had a season under 900. OPS and he's at 646 right now I mean I don't want to say that like he's due to have a bad year because we've seen guys uh, turn it around from this point and his season stat line could be looking completely different than what it is right now but only three home runs uh, 19 RBIs he's only got 30 hits this year he has been out for a couple games though he's only played for uh 36 games but yeah uh... Brandon that that that's no excuse you know he's now again 36 games this is the time this is now or never you gotta step up try to get to what I'd say is at minimum his goal should be when he gets to around that 50 game mark which is again what he was able to put up last season with the shortened 60 game season, he's got to try to get himself up towards that 100 OPS plus. He's got to get himself up towards league average so he can get himself back in the game. With that being said, you know, he's he, he's, he has been making some contact. It just hasn't been going well. I mean, he's in the 81st percentile in strikeout percentage, 92nd percentile in with percentage and yet has an expected batting average of 333 expected woba of 20 in the 25 percent i mean it's i'm not sure where to go with this he's gotta get better for the sake of the family he's got to for the sake of the family and for everybody all right, let's take the last recap of the night, the A's and the Rockies. Uh, these teams would exchange some runs in the first uh, frame. Matt Olson, two-run homer, top one. His 15th on the year uh, makes it two to nothing, Oakland. Bottom one, Charlie Blackman with an RBI single, uh, and the Rockies get on the board, so it's 2-1. Top three, Chad Pinder, his third homer of the year, and that gives Oakland a three-to-one lead. 
Matt Chapman would add on with a sack fly in the fifth to make it 5-1 Oakland. A Brendan Rodgers home run first of the year for Colorado for him uh, pulls Colorado to within uh, two to trail five to three in the seventh, but it's not enough. Mark Cano with a single on the top of the ninth. Uh, guy who I picked on my all-star ballot and uh, that gives Oakland a 6-3 lead and that's your final Oakland takes down Colorado Cole Irvin with the win now four and seven six hits six innings six hits one earned five strikeouts Kyle Freeland takes the loss five innings ten hits five runs and only one strikeout for him Lou Trevino picks up his eighth save on the season all right LJ it's time for the PPP particular players people might care about uh, I do have a couple I just did not write them down but LJ you can uh, go first um yeah I I have a couple however first I do want to kind of mention here something I'm very very close to doing and adding to the legend of Tony Rendon Tony Rendon um there's got to be a baseball mafia I'm trying to figure out who Craig Biggio would be the godfather right now, right? Craig Biggio. Let's make Craig Biggio the godfather of the baseball mafia. Oh, well. Tony's absolutely disappointing right now. So there is like a bit of a joke within the, uh, the, the Yankees Twitter and, and Reddit uh, sphere. And basically, so when the Yankees pitch, um, Wandy Peralta, they pitch Jonathan Loizaga, and they also pitch Chad Green usually. So it's turned into welcome to the services of Wandy. Uh, I think it's Wandy Lasagna Chad. <laughs> it's like, hey, come and get your services from Wandy Lasagna and Chad. They'll they'll fix you right up. Sixth, seventh, eighth inning, and we'll send it to Chappie to close it down. You know, speaking of Italian-Americans in New York, I was thinking, is Gio Urshela the consigliere of the modern baseball mafia? Well, unfortunately, he's not Italian, but... uh, He's not? He's from Colombia. What? Yeah. Giovanni? Giovanni Urshela. And he's from Colombia. Yeah. No matter though, because this is the baseball. This is the baseball mafia. I make up the rules. If you sound Italian, you are Italian today. Lou Trevino, that's a good one. He's got Jason. Jason Giambi has to be the underboss because, like, I don't think anyone else really wants to take him on, even at this age. He just eroded like freak. Yeah, I know. Would you? Would you want to take that on? I forget what it's from. Oh, yeah, Grown Ups 2. He's got backsits on his backsits. He is also, LJ, me and you were talking about some of the great three true outcome guys. Giambi has this 2003 season with the Yankees where he leads the league in walks with 129, strikeouts with 140, and then also hits 41 homers. He did a lot of not running. Because LJ, when 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 you think about it, 
if you're a three true outcomes hitter, it means that you do everything to make it so you don't have to run. Pretty much. If you're hitting a you're home right. run, you're jogging. If you're walking, you're obviously not running. And if you're literally you're walking out, you are contrary to what the uh, Yankees think with Giancarlo Stanton, when he is when he is a DH only and strikes out four times in a game and in four at bats. Literally, now LJ, please correct me if you see something wrong with this. But if you are just the DH, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And all you do in your at bats is strike out. Literally every at bat you strike out. All you did for the day was walk up from the dugout to the plate, stand there, swing the bat, walk back to the dugout. Am I missing well, anything? Um, I'm gonna also add here. Well, first off, Giancarlo. Um, oh well, yes, because and the whole point was that Giancarlo could make it. They, in, they but, did that, and then they 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 benched him the next day. He didn't know, but my he walked he walked back and forth from the dugout. My point is, like, there's scenarios where you don't even have to swing. He could he could hypothetically stand there and not swing the bat the entire at bat. Like, there could be like a completely uncompetitive one, so he could sit there with a bat on his shoulder for a minute and then walk back. So you, it, it's possible to do less than you described. Uh, yeah, the PPP. Uh... Oh yeah, the PPP. We're gonna go into. Probably my favorite of the capos of the baseball mafia here. We've got Bobby Bronx Dahlback, who, you know, he's he's currently under the Mendoza line. However, you can tell he's been putting the work in. And from every, like, off-the-field indicator, it seems like he's been spending a lot of time with JD, another one of the things that a lot of players on these teams – have been helped out by his approach to the game and his help here. And that has helped Bobby Delbeck now to a 10 for 16 clip. His last 16 at bats, he's got 10 hits, including that 570 foot piss missile that he hit today. All right. Uh, my first guy is C- Cedric Mullins. LJ, of course, talked about that Orioles game today. But it, with the four runs that Baltimore scores, uh, Cedric Mullins goes five for five with two home runs. His second five-hit game of the year pushes his season batting average back above 310. He's at 314, 890 OPS. Uh, yes, yeah, Cedric Mullins, have yourself – a second five-hit day of the season. Brandon, I just realized I knocked off my other two PPP members, Rich Hill and Jacob DeGrom, earlier in the show. Oh. So, All right. Want, um, I have – yeah, I got one more. Uh, Jesus Aguilar. LJ, yes, I think you knew this one was coming when I was, you know, uh, sitting with you at the game. And uh, we were looking at the Pirates uh, Marlins box score as it was coming through. And I'm like, wow, Aguilar's four for five. Like they're expecting him to have the game tying hit, hit a home run earlier. They want him to do everything, but he really does do everything for this, for this Marlins offense. Put him in that two spot. You got a bunch of guys around him who are solid hitters. Don't get me wrong. Jazz Chisholm's a great hitter. 
Corey Dickerson has shown that he can hit a little bit. But, I mean, this is still a very young team. But you stick Aguilar there. Four for six today, two RBIs, has uh, possibly the two two biggest runs or two of the biggest runs for the, the Marlins. He puts them on the board in the fourth and then ties the game up in the ninth. Uh, but they're unable to get the win, which is uh, a shame. But Aguilar, yeah, four for six. Love the performance out of him today. Brandon, why don't we go ahead and go through the leaderboards and we will skedaddle on out of here for the day. All right. Uh, so for war, let me pull it up here for a minute. While the war leaderboard is loading, I will go through batting average, which Nick Castellanos leads with 368. It's a big jump back to Jesse Winker at 342. Vladdy Jr. behind them at 338. Now that the war leaderboard has loaded, I can give you the hitters. First place for the hitters is Vladdy Jr. at 3.6. Nick Castellanos at 3.2. Marcus Simeon at 2.8. And we have a three-way tie behind them between Ronald Acuna Jr., Chris Bryant, Max Muncy. Uh, home runs. Vladdy now has sole possession with 18. Ronald Acuna and Fernando Tatis each have 17. Adolis Garcia, Shohei Otani each with 16. For the pitcher side of war, it is, once this loads, is it Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom on top? It's not Jacob DeGrom who takes over the war leaderboard. LJ, he was he's missed three three starts he's so in nine starts he's at 3.2 war every other pitcher that's in the top uh 30 has pitched more than 10 times this year and uh, he's only done it nine so 3.2 war for jacob oh yeah he again you know i think what i was trying to say earlier in response to your question i think i never really answered your question of if it gets old last year it was starting to get old he has somehow managed to turn another corner and play to another level that he wasn't before. Like this, this is Jacob deGrom possibly finally getting, possibly getting better for after back-to-back Cy Youngs two years ago. I mean, yeah, he threw what, 10 pitches in a row over a hundred miles an hour the other day during his start. Currently has a fifth at 1.02. Just the fact that he leads the league in war and he's had three less starts than everyone else. Like three full starts, which is ridiculous. LJ, 14.4 case per nine. Uh, he's just, I don't even know where to go. If somehow he raised his K per nine, which was at 13.8 last year, just raised it by 0.7 it's absolutely ridiculous but i think that that's a great spot to leave off the show uh with some high praise for jacob Degrom. we started the show like that we'll end the show like that thank you for listening to the mlb daily podcast be sure to check us out on twitter and participate in our trivia game at mlb daily pod be sure to follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Carolyn. LJ is on Twitter at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. 
both LJ and I will be in attendance for Sunday night baseball, Red Sox versus Yankees. Uh, see if you can find us on TV. We, we will be sitting in the left field bleachers, or not bleachers, in the left field stands uh, in the first deck. So we were in home run territory. LJ has been given very specific instructions on what to do if a home run gets hit to him. Uh, but yeah, LJ, it should be fun. I'm excited to uh, be able to talk about the game that we attend in person uh, tomorrow night. Yeah, me too. I got to track down my glove this evening. It's still packed away from when I came back from school, and I'm very excited to head out for this game. Well, all right. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.